it feels like you're in a game and you just don't know where it's going and yeah. and, and these projects you know the, the funny thing about construction i've learned over the years is when they spin out of control they there's no getting them back like right when they take a path that is not ideal it's hard to turn them around Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast sponsored by Applied Software. You're invited to join our MEP and construction innovation adventure with a mission to propel this great industry forward. My guest today is Steve King, product manager for Evolve Foresight and a 30-year electrical contracting industry veteran. Welcome to the show, Steve. Oh, thanks, Todd. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah. Well, let's start with how you got into the construction industry to begin with? Well, right out of, basically right out of high school, um, I went into the trades. So uh, right out into the workforce and became an apprentice as an electrical apprentice. Okay. And so, you know, I kind of worked my way up through there. And um, after three years, um, my fourth year of apprenticeship became a foreman. Uh, threw me right into the fire there because, you know, I was a young kid right out of school being a foreman and, yeah. you know, most of my team was much older than I was. And so that was, uh, you know, a tough challenge, but, um, you know, back then the craftsmen were just unbelievable mm -hmm. and they would share, you know, everything they learned. They wanted to teach you, um, about the industry and the trade craft. And, and so, you know, I came in at a great time to learn from some, some really talented people. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. What do you think, uh, was the biggest, uh, thing there with the age dynamic? You said that you were, you know, so much younger than everybody else that you were, you were working with. How did that kind of play out? Well, it, you know, I think, you know, I'm not, it was tough because, you know, seasoned guys, you know, weren't, weren't into really taking some direction from a young kid, you know, yeah. that, that entered the industry. But I think, um, you know, overcoming that was just simply because, you know, I was able to do the work. Like I understood it. I was able to, you know, run the projects properly. And over time, you know, you gain their trust and their, and, and, and stuff like that. So it, it got easy over time, but it definitely was challenging at first. I mean, you know, there was a lot of pushback against the young kid, you know, jumping yeah. in and, and, you know, taking on that role. But, um, you know, eventually I worked through it and I think I'm better for it. You know, I, um, it was challenging, but, but, but a good for me as well. I imagine you had to go through a couple extra hoops and hurdles to prove that you knew your stuff too. Oh yeah. They checked you. They, they checked you for sure. And my, you know, my name was on a lot of, uh, Porta Johns too, you know, <laughs> you it's know, a, it's a measure of love. I'm sure. It's another <laughs> it's it's very way to count them. Yeah. I used to go in there and count them. How many times you're on the Porta John, man, you, you know, you're doing the right thing, you know, it's nice, funny. good success metrics there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it. Measure them up, man. Measure them up. Yeah. Well, how do you think the construction industry is different now than back then? Well, I think, you know, there, the, you know, the skilled labor shortage is certainly, um, you know, setting that aside, I mean, that's a problem overall, but the speed mm -hmm. of construction, you know, continues to increase in the owners and developers, you know, they're shrinking that timeline and, you know, they want these projects delivered uh, faster. And, you know, ultimately what that means is the foreman just, they have to go faster, mm -hmm. but, you know, that's easy to, to say and, and want, but hard to do like you you've got a you've got some big challenges uh today uh with new technology and design modeling and fabrication these things 
didn't exist when I was a foreman in the field. You, you know, you just didn't have that uh, technology out there. So, you know, I think it's, it's a challenge for foremen today. They've got to embrace the technology uh, first and foremost, and, and, you know, and then learn how to effectively implement it on the job site. It's something that uh, takes some work and, uh, but it's here to stay, right? It's not, mm-hmm. technology's not going away, but you know, it's probably just going to um, get more. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just going to increase. And it's a good thing. It's a good problem. Um, you know, with the design modeling, I didn't have that. We coordinated in the old fashioned way. You just get with the foreman from each trade and, and, and figure out what we were doing. You know, coordination was on the job site, but today, um, you know, your foreman today, they've got to make decisions far sooner than they ever had to before. They, they've got to make decisions about the construction, you know, months ahead of when they're even going to do it. And um, so that's a huge shift uh, from what they're currently doing in a lot of cases, you know, um, Mm -hmm. I could, I could, when I was in the field, I could visually see what the issues were, where I wanted to put my stuff today, you know, today you're making those decisions in the model, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, that's challenging. Um, And then you have to learn how to work with these design teams. I mean, how to collaborate. And just as I was saying, you know, it took some time for me to build trust with my with my team when I was a young foreman, uh, the, the foreman today has to uh, build trust in, you know, the design team has to get trust of the foreman. They have to know that the, the, that the design coming out in the model is actually installable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without that um, trust, um, it can be difficult, you know, to learn how to collaborate well, but there, yeah. there's definitely big challenges today for that on that front. Uh, what do you think one of the kind of the, the biggest challenge that's facing the, the foreman is? Well, I think, you know, I think it's, it's just the, the decision making, you know, moving up front so far in advance, you know, that's, you've got to um, figure that out because once it's in the model and, you know, everybody's signed off on it and the trades are out constructing, you know, it becomes difficult and costly to change. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the biggest challenge is, is wrapped around technology for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got an older workforce out there you know, some of them embrace it, some of them push back hard against it. And so, and there's so many different capabilities, like some foreman are technology savvy, and then you'll have some that, you know, will struggle turning on, you know, their computer. So it's just, it's, it's really challenging. And, but for those people, they have the knowledge, right? These, these, you know, the age, the older foreman have been around for 15, 20 years, they have the knowledge, Mm -hmm. you know, so just figuring out, how to embrace technology is I think the biggest challenge for them. Yeah. How do you think that kind of that challenge grows or, or changes headed into the new year? Well, I think it grows um, for sure because technology is just not going to stop. In fact, it probably moves faster than the foreman can actually implement it or, or the MEP contractors decide to adopt the platform itself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so once they make that decision on a corporate level, then you've got to run it down through your, you know, craftsmen to be able to implement it. I mean, technology without the implementation on the job site, it does nothing. Mm-hmm. It, it can actually send you backwards in some cases. Yeah. Well, and with 2020 being the the year it has been that technology has really just thrust it even more to the, the forefront for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the relationship like between project manager, purchaser, and the foreman? Yeah, um, it's a good question. I mean, it can be disjointed at times, you know, um, 
all of those are demanding jobs. There's, you know, on the operations side, you know, you're kind of thrown into the fire, but they're all demanding. But, mm-hmm. you know, the PMs today, um, they're managing probably more work than they should be. They're, they're managing multiple projects and, and, you know, they can fall behind as a result. And really what that means is they're spending less time on the individual projects, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your purchasing departments are just, you know, the, it's heavy volume for them. They're handling heavy volume of requisitions coming in. You know, they're, they're spending their day putting out fires and, you know, they're receiving all these requisitions from the field. You know, in, in many cases, they don't even have enough time, sufficient lead times to deliver them. You know, I mean, the, the orders come in, the, the foreman wants them in, you know, tomorrow and, you know, they've got to make all this magic happen on the procurement side. Yeah. So, you know, and then, you know, the foreman, you know, you're spend they're spending a ton of time trying to pull this all together. Todd, you know, they, they're, but in general, I think they're spending far too much time on non-installation tasks. So, you know, you have each one of these key players in a construction site that are focused on their, too much on their individual tasks, right? They've got to, everybody's trying to get what they got to get done today, but, you know, it, it definitely needs to uh, be, become more collaborative, uh, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned just there with the collaboration, ideally, what does that really look like? How does that relationship, how should it be? Well, I I think, um, you know, everybody has a different meaning for what's good collaboration. (laughs) You know, some probably think it's good and it's as good as it's going to get. But uh, I I think um, everybody, you might think it's good, but you can feel it. Like, you know what good collaboration feels like, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that you, that is a focus. And I think you improve that through, you know, better planning and improved workflows. And, 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 you know, creating standardization in the operations side where people can understand what the other guy's doing. So there's, you know, less confusion. And, and I think overall, all three, um, you know, departments, you know, the foreman, the PMs and the purchasing departments, they really should spend a little bit more time focusing on eliminating roadblocks for each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, because what I found out is that, you know, if you, if you take away the roadblocks for today's construction teams out in the field, they will perform like if they spend time on tools and they're, you know, not doing, um, you know, non-installation tasks, they will, they will perform well and efficient. Yeah. I love what you said there of removing roadblocks for others. Cause it, yeah. I, it's so easy to be like, this is a roadblock for me. And then start complaining about it and, you know, trying to yeah. get other people to move your roadblock <laughs> instead of I, I thinking think- of how can I do it for others? Yeah, I think that's what happens. And you get so involved in what you have to do today. And I, and I just don't think enough time is spent considering the downstream effect of what you do today. Yeah. Like, you know, what effect does this have on my field foreman if I do this? Like, this is going to kill him while well, I do it anyway. But, you know, right. I mean, you, you got to think of that because I, I think, you know, at the end of it all, you're a team and you all have the same goal, you know, to deliver that project on time. Uh, in the most efficient way possible and make obviously the most profit. I mean, that's what they're in the game for. Construction is, is super high risk and, you know, can be super low reward, you know? Uh, I I mean, it's, it's funny, Todd, but you know, I've, I've been on projects, you know, where they didn't go well and, and, you know, 
I, I'd ask myself, you know, it's great that I can put my name on the building. You know, I donated all this time and money to this building. I didn't make a single dime on the project, you know, put my right. plaque up there, <laughs> you know, no contractor wants to be, you know, to, to hang in their plaque on the building and say they made no profit. I mean, you gotta, you gotta work together. And I think, um, you know, the construction industry is changing and, and that's starting to happen. The tools mm -hmm. are becoming better. And I think, um, you know, the collaboration is getting better for sure. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real-world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. Yeah. Well, I think about what you're talking about right there is, is really taking collaboration from just the the buzzword that everybody throws out there, but yeah. nobody really unpacks and making it more practical of look out for the other person. We're all on the same team. Okay. We don't need to yeah. have the, the big egos. You can check those at the door, even though it's hard. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd see the boss come in and, you know, the owner of the company or whatever, you know, operations manager, whatever, come in and say, mm -hmm. you know, sit down at a meeting and say, guys, you got to start working together, collaborating and they get up and walk out. You know, you know, <laughs> what, does that, what does that mean? How do, how do you do that? Like, right. You know, it's a good buzzword, but you know, getting it done, man, is it's difficult. It's not easy. Yeah. Devil's in the details there. It Collaboration's is. sticky and hard. And it is hard. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what do you think a, a common myth about this this whole process and the relationship that we we're just unpacking there what's a myth that uh could be debunked well i mean i i'm not sure how to answer that it's probably a lot. i mean a, a myth is you know we are you know we are working together right we are collaborating and you know just the reality on the ground says different uh -huh. you know i mean you know it's it's I don't even know if that's a good answer to your question, but, um, you know, it's, it's certainly, um, tough to, to pull off in the real world. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think one of those kind of stumbling blocks is the, the job site, uh, -huh, tends to, it seems like it can be overlooked pretty easily that there's so much attention on the model and back in the office that the, the job site can often feel like, they're, they're not being paid attention or they're getting overlooked and they're just, you know, getting everything downstream. Yeah. Uh, do you think that that's, that's fair in a, a reality? Yeah, they, I think it can be, um, you know, because the job site is, you know, obviously out of sight, out of mind, it's, uh, it's, it's out there. It's, it's running every day. It's got crews on it and, you know, your project managers take a trip out there once a week. Right. So, you know, they are kind of on an island. They're disconnected from the um, the corporate office in most cases, and um, you know they don't travel there. But you know, back when I was a foreman, we went to the office every week. Mm. You know that that was our communication. We, you know, we were out on the job site. You know, this is this is back in the day when you had a beeper. I mean, what's a beeper? What's what's a beeper, right? So you know, <laughs> I, and, I think and, I've seen it in movies or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a beeper. You know, and and you would have a bag phone. So you know you know, we would run up to the office on Thursday, we deliver our, um, 
you know, material requisitions, a stack of them. And, you know, the, the project manager would give us some, uh, you know, give us some time, half an hour. And he'd say, okay, you know, good luck, man. You know, keep fighting the, the good fight. You're doing well, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you wonder if they ever really know how things are going, you know, sometimes, right. so, you know, you're kind of out there on an Island, but um, you know, I think technology is bridging that gap a little bit. Um, you know, you're able to connect like we are here, you know, I mean, so the, so the technology is going to help uh, that, that process out and really bring those teams uh, together mm -hmm. in a simpler way. Yeah. Well, why do you think it's an easy trap to fall in to kind of overlook the, the job site when that's at the end of the day, that's where the magic happens? Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're talking about from a project manager's perspective, I think, you know, because of the day-to-day -day demands on your time and, and, you know, um, just the, the management it takes, you know, forget about the job site, but the management of documents, project change orders, contracts, you know, um, problem solving and things like that. They, they, they don't really have, it's not that they don't want to do it. They just don't really have the time, um, you know, to devote to spending, you know, to understanding what the foreman's real problems are, you know, mm -hmm. and diving into them, like to, to solve the problem. I mean, they hear the complaints, right? Todd, they hear, mm -hmm. they hear what's going on and they, but, but they're not really saying, well, okay, you know, tomorrow I'm going to take away these roadblocks for you. I'm going to, I'm going to get this done. You know, right. it just doesn't happen. And, and, and it's because they're managing too much work uh, overall. And um, you know, but I think that's the answer. I think you, I, I'd rather see them manage a little bit less work, but manage the work that they are managing more effectively, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know? absolutely. It's kind of yeah. every man for himself right now. Yeah, it can be, it can feel like that. Yeah. Not always, but it can, you know? Yeah. Well, let's shift a little bit and dive into some procurement and bill of material stuff. Why sure. do you think it's important to have really a single bill of material? Well, that's an easy one. I mean, uh, you, you just have to break down and blow up the silos. I mean, they're just, these bills of materials are everywhere. I mean, you know, um, and I do think a single a bill of material is a great ideal state. Like, I think that's a place you want to be, mm -hmm. but I think most likely it's a future state for MEP contractors of today. You know, I don't think they're there yet. Um, mm -hmm. I think they're trying to get there. I think technology can help. Um, you know, but there's just so many bombs that are created, you know, now, now you've got the design teams in Revit creating additional bills of materials that need to, to uh, be looked into and it, but they're all in different formats, right? They're, they're on an Excel spreadsheet, you know, they're on a word document, uh, you know, the vendors have sent in their, uh, bill of materials on PDF documents yeah. and, you know, so there's really no platform for them to, um, you know, a single platform that they can be uh, uh, where everyone can access that information. And then, you know, you know, God knows where these things are being stored in the contractor's office. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I've worked for quite a few and ran my own business for some time. And, and you know what? We're just not the best at document management. And, you know, sometimes you wonder if the project manager can even find a document. For. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> these files are these files are brutal. Yeah. You know, and so since that is you know the reality, it becomes really hard to um, 
you know, share that information or to even make it available to share. It's all in different formats. And so um, I think there's a tremendous effort. Well, I don't think I know. There's a tremendous effort to manage all those bombs. Like everyone is doing it uh, that's connected on the operations team. And in fact, there's a lot of, you know, um, duplicate effort being, you know, expended there. There, There's duplication all over the place. And yeah. so, you know, what, what, and, and so, you know, I always wondered, I said, you know, it's not that we don't have time to run these projects in a more efficient way. It's just that we're doing too many things we shouldn't be doing. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got to get more streamlined um, and standardized in, in the operations, you know, inside the, the organization so that everybody knows you're on the scene, you know, you're on the same page. And, you know, we were talking about communication earlier you know, you know, when you're not on the same page, communication, the effort that it takes to communicate is huge, right? You've got to, it takes more time to communicate these things through. And, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of less communication. I'm in favor of nonverbal communication that allows Mm -hmm. your teams to, to some visibility so that communication is not needed at all. I mean, if you have the information that's available, it's accurate, it's actionable, what information, you know, I mean, you have the information, so you don't need to communicate. Communication becomes much simpler. And then what the result of that thought is you'll have, uh, you know, more time to do important things instead of things that are just not that important. Yeah. So I want to clarify something. When you say less communication uh, is a, a good thing, you're talking about having some sort of platform or single place where people can go and get the information that they want on their own when they want it instead of yeah. having to ask the question. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, why should a foreman call a purchasing department and ask them when his material is going to be delivered? He right. should just be able to look at it and say, Oh, it's coming tomorrow or right. it's coming three days from that's the kind of communication. I mean, it's still communication, but it's just, it's just putting information where people can access it. A lot of the communication is just because they, there's no way to access the information. So, right. you know, you got to ask somebody, <laughs> you know, I think about a, you know, I think about it like a football team, right. You know, you, you, you got 40 seconds to get another playoff on the offensive side of the ball and, and you got the quarterback, it runs into the huddle and, you know, nobody knows the play. Uh, you know, nobody, nobody understands their jobs well. And then, how many questions can be asked in a huddle before you get a delay a game? Like this guy's got to get to the line. Like we got to call right. a play. We got to move. Like, I can't tell you what route you need to run. If you don't know what route you're running, man, it's, it, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't help you're you. In you know? <laughs> you're in bad shape. You're in bad shape. So yeah. I mean, think about that. It's just, and, and you know what, that's the way it feels. Sometimes it feels like you're in a game and you just don't know where it's going. And, yeah. and, and these projects, you know, the, the funny thing about construction I've learned over the years is when they spin out of control, they, there's no getting them back. Like right. when they take a path that is not ideal, it's hard to turn them around. And, you know, when you it's get like moving past a cruise liner, it's moving a cruise ship, <laughs> you know, you're very slow. <laughs> that Titanic's hitting the iceberg, man. It's yeah. going down. And, you know, after 50%, 60% complete, you just cannot turn that boat. Yeah. You know, and at that point it's, you're in, uh, you know, life-saving mode to really try to just deliver the project, uh, you know, in whatever shape you can get it done. You know, I mean, the, the ship kind of sailed, you know, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's not like the technology doesn't 
exist in, in theory because yeah, you have Amazon that you can look right on yeah. and see exactly where your order is, where it's traveling to, where it's tracking you. You can do all that stuff. Um, yeah. But in the construction realm, what can really be done to kind of increase that visibility so people aren't flying blind? Well, I think, you know, that's why we went out and, you know, starting to develop foresight. I mean, I think, I think what, you know, foresight will be able to um, provide that type of platform where, mm -hmm. you know, first and foremost, you can put some standard practices and, and workflows into the material procurement process. Like you can, uh, foresight will do that. And I think that's where we're, we're starting. We're trying to, you know, uh, build a platform where they can get the information that they need when they need it. They can deliver information to the project team, you know, from the field efficiently. You can, you know, instead of sending, um, you know, text messages and emails and Excel documents to the office, that you can't send those to vendors in, oftentimes. You got to recreate them and rework them and do all these things. So we're trying to eliminate all of that and provide a real effective way um, to improve the uh, material procurement process. And, I, and that's what we're after in Foresight, you know, um, really just trying to, to help our customers go faster by giving them that access to, you know, real-time accurate information that they can do something with. I mean, that's the goal. And I think, um, you know, my, there's a big savings to contractors if we can, if we can get this right. I mean, you're going to eliminate non-value added work and that's, in order to install more efficiently, you have to eliminate non-value added work because you can't add more time to the workday. It's an eight hour day. You just have to find efficiencies and, and it comes in small chunks, right? But when you start to add those small things up, they get big real fast when you have, you know, 200, 300 electricians in a company out there on job sites every day. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Evolve MEP. MEP Construction Software for Revit. Evolve's MEP Software for Revit makes project collaboration fast, simple, and more productive, which in turn significantly reduces project risk and cost. Born from the reality of a lack of available skilled labor in the industry, Evolve MEP has transformed the MEP detailer workflow. It's time for MEP to harness the Revit platform to offer seamless collaboration like no other software before it. Visit EvolveMEP.com and let them know we sent you. So let's back up for a second. What is Evolve Foresight in a, in a nutshell? Well, Evolve, Evolve Foresight is a material procurement platform. Basically, it um, starts at the design side, captures those design bill of materials, and, um, and tracks them all the way through the workflow to delivery and receiving at the job site. So it's a complete um, workflow. And mm -hmm. um, in a nutshell, it, it just provides, um, you know, a really good way, uh, a good platform for materials procurement. And that, that is the focus right now of, uh, uh, so, so, you know, we were talking about all those bombs that you have, yeah. you know, with foresight, you could have a singular bomb in foresight. You could get to that point. Uh, but, you know, the, at first my goal would be let's reduce the number of bombs that are, that there is. Let's, you know, uh -huh. let's reduce them, you know, to get them to one is difficult, but let's get them down. Let's reduce them down, spend less time and effort uh, chasing things and, and just, 
delivering baby the steps to the contract. Baby steps. You gotta you gotta do it in baby steps. Yeah. So you know. what's the kind of the, the main driver and motivation behind developing this new platform for you? Well, for, for me personally, I've lived through these challenges my whole, my entire life. Like I, as I'm, as I'm working on foresight now and we're developing and I'm saying, God, I wish I had this tool, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, I, when I came out, I was uh, writing material requisitions on three part forms, you know, one form, one part for me, one goes to the office, one goes to the guy that's got to receive the products. Uh -huh. And, you know, so, you know, um, what we really want to do is, is get, get away from all the different ways in which foreman can um, send in requisitions to the purchasing departments and get that standardized. So every foreman in the company is sending the same thing, the same way. And, yeah. and then you create the visibility around that. And now you start to achieve efficiency. And that's, that's really what um, drives me. I, I, I've lived through non-efficiency. So for me, it's all about, you know, how can I help make the foreman's life easier? That, that's what I'm trying to do. I, you know, that's what I was for a long period of time. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm trying to make their lives easier. And, and so, you know, that's my driving uh, motivation for, for building foresight. Nice. You hinted at it a little bit in this, in your last answer there, but how's Evolve Foresight really going to open up the lines of communication between job site and purchasing? Yeah, well, I think, you know, we started out first by building, a, you know, um, an instant messaging platform where um, you you basically can communicate through the system with your project team. So it, mm -hmm. it's it's project based communication that is is for the people on that particular project. So when you're sending messages and communicating with your team, you're communicating with that project team. Nice. So so you're you know it's very simple to see, you know, who's doing what, what's happening, what needs, you know, what problems are out there where I talked about break, you know, uh, taking away some roadblocks. I mean, instantly here, when I receive uh, some materials at the job site and they're broken or defective or whatever the case may be, I, I can get on a, get on the system, send a message to my purchasing department and say, Hey, this, this material was damaged today. It needs to be replaced just, you know, get away from texting in an emailing inbox. Like I want to blow up my email. Like it, everybody, Wouldn't that be nice. <laughs> no, no, nobody needs more emails. And so, you know, we've got to get them communicating inside of the system where there's accountability, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, when you, when you can see, like, I don't know too many project managers that, uh, you know, when, when they see a problem come in from their foreman that they wouldn't want to, take care of it. Like they do want to do this stuff. So I think we just have to, you know, but if you bury that in an email inbox, the project manager is getting 50 emails a day. And oftentimes it's not that they, that they don't want to help. They missed the email or they didn't see it or, you mm -hmm. know, uh, so I just think, you know, building out those collaboration tools is a big part of foresight. Um, and then, you know, um, we didn't talk about it, but really one of the key things that I'm trying to do here is, bring the vendors into the, into the product itself. So mm. right, right now communication with your vendor exists by sending them emails, picking up the phone and calling, or even texting those guys too. We want to bring them into the system and make them part of the um, upper, you know, part of the team and put them inside of foresight. So um, I think, you know, what's interesting about what we want to do is that all of our vendors today have vendor portals where, uh, 
the contractor can go into their portal, log in from the backside and see delivery information or statuses of orders and things like that. The problem with that is, is the contractor is dealing with, you know, eight or 10 vendors. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're not going to go to each vendor's site to collect that information. It's too difficult. So what Foresight will set out to do is create a contractor portal where our vendors will join our portal and deliver us the information we need inside of our inside of our platform. That way our customer doesn't need to go outside to these vendor portals to get the information. The vendors communicate it directly into us through the portal. And which really the goal here is to get real time information from them. And nice. I think that's really a cool thing that's gonna happen here. Um, it won't be out in, in version one, but um, we'll be right up right up there on the top of the list of things to do for version two. Nice. So is Foresight the goal then really to become like a communication hub for the project team and then with the vendors as well? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We want to, you know, the other thing about the hub is that is we want to deliver them the information in a way that they can use it efficiently as well. Like we, mm-hmm. we're all looking for efficiency. Like, like I want to send my requisitions to them through the portal and they can receive them immediately as soon as they come in. They can receive them, they can import them into their system and deliver us the quotations and orders and all the things that we need. So really just a main hub where, you know, everything is coming together, everything's going out, everything's coming back, very organized way, very simple way. And um, I think, I think you know, it'll be a success because the vendors today, they want to deliver, um, you know, better services to the contractor, but, but you know, sometimes there just isn't a way to do it. And I think this portal that we're setting out to develop will be a way that our vendors can deliver, you know, top shut, top level services to the contractor and, um, you know, and really gain efficiency for both sides. Mm-hmm. And what that means is just bottom line profits, right? All the, all the stuff we're talking today is, is bottom line profit increases and that, and that's, you know, real money to our customers. And, um, you know, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Ra- it's the raise name of the that, game in construction. <laughs> it's the name of, Todd, raise the profit percentage 1% across the company on all their projects. This is serious. This is serious. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't have to be 20% and it won't be, it's got to come in small chunks uh, and, and, and through real solid process and innovation, you know, we can deliver that. Yeah. And 1%. That's nothing to sneeze at. That's it's it a is lot not. of cash coming back. <laughs> it's a lot. And it's bottom line cash. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Well, how can yeah. people find out more information on, on what Foresight is and, and sign up for uh, being a beta tester? Well, you know, you can go to Evolve MEP. You can uh, go to our website and, um, and at evolvemep.com and you'll find Foresight there. Or you can um, email me directly at steve.king at evolvemep.com. And um, yeah, we're setting out. I'm glad you mentioned that. We're setting out to, uh, to get a beta um, testing out here in uh, early, um, late, early January, actually, I think it is now. So anybody interested in, in, in joining the uh, beta program, uh, we'd welcome them. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, last question I got for you. What does innovation mean to you? Well, innovation um, means work. (laughs) (laughs) Innovation means a lot of work, but uh, uh, you know, um, I believe in it. I'm an innovator myself. I, I love it. And um, I think the construction industry um, 
needs it badly. We're slow to uh, we're slow to innovate, and so we need um, uh, heck. We need things like bridging the gap. We need what you're doing to push this industry uh, to another level. And and I think there's so much room for innovation that sometimes there's some pretty low hanging fruit that's out there that you can grab. And uh, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for taking the time, Steve. I enjoyed yeah. the conversation. No, I've enjoyed it. I, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, thanks again. Yeah, absolutely. And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First thought, you need to earn the right to be heard. The old cliche that actions speak louder than words is true. Just as Steve had to gain people's trust as a young foreman by proving he could do the work, you must prove you can do the work to others. Do not be discouraged if at first people don't listen to you. Prove it. Second thought, the speed of construction is fast and moving faster all the time. It is becoming a survival necessity to embrace and properly implement technology in order to accomplish basic tasks while not buckling under the pressure of the job. However, technology without proper implementation all the way through to the job site and a well thought out plan with success benchmarks does nothing. In some cases, it can even send you backwards. So be intentional and do the planning work needed on the front side. Finally, I loved what Steve was saying about focusing on eliminating roadblocks for others instead of having them eliminate roadblocks for you. In order to successfully do this, you must know their pain points and the why behind that. This will spark better communication and collaboration down with the silos we all too often find ourselves in. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is directed by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel, Bridging the Gap is an Applied Software production. Copyright Applied Software 2020.